everybody, it's Paul Sylvester, and I just want to talk about something about race relations, about blacks and whites, or many people of color and whites, and I'm just going to talk about my experience, but let me just first start off by saying, races are different. As a black person growing up, having grown up on the south side of Chicago, there were certain things that you did and certain things you didn't do. What did you do? You played basketball. Why? Because it was easy. All it was, all, all that was required was a ball. And if there was a rim, you're good. Don't have to have certain kind of a shoe really yeah you'd like to have the back in my day it was the converse dr j's converse all-stars the leather ones those were the shoes man if you could afford it and they were like 50 bucks brand new and i never could afford the leather ones i remember getting a pair of suede ones one time and felt like i was 50 percent cool but you play basketball. We didn't have manicured baseball fields in my neighborhood. We played, we called it strikeout. There was a box. There was a, or a, or a wooden wall and we drew a square in there, which, which is the size of a strike zone. And we used to buy a rubber-coated ball and throw it against that. And guys would try to hit your ball. Because my neighborhood didn't have a little league set up for us. And swimming? There was one swimming pool at a community center about two miles away, so we Occasionally, we will walk there and swim, but there was no swim team in my neighborhood. I'm saying that to say that when you talk about equality, it starts in those areas. And you know why the area that I lived in didn't have those things? Because it, we lacked money. If you have If you're in a low income or even low middle class neighborhood and folks are just trying to pay their mortgage or trying to pay their rent and and many people are on food stamps, that's all the money they have for. They, They don't have the money to invest into community programs. And then you go across the train tracks or across the highway to a more affluent neighborhood. And guess what? They have little league teams, AAU. We didn't have AAU in my day and growing up in the 70s and 80s. It was, I think it was rec league or YMCA, where you just had, you just pray you can make your high school team. That's how it was when I, when I grew up, I made my high school freshman sophomore team and junior varsity and that was just a that was like the highlight of my life as a sophomore 
in high school. So when we talk about people being equal, man, it's it's just not a reality. A fluent, and it's the same way now. You have affluent African American neighborhoods out here in in D.C., Maryland areas, where they have the most black millionaires. I am sure in their neighborhoods you're going to find a community where they may have a swim team, tennis team, so forth. But you can't use that as, as an excuse. If you look at the Williams sisters, Serena and Serena and and the other sister, I'm sorry, her, her first name is Venus. Serena and Venus Williams, they grew up in Compton, and the, the Compton is notorious for being a, a city where there are lots of low-income neighborhoods, especially for African African Americans. Maybe there's the good side of Compton that I don't know about but I tell you what if there is a good side of Compton I've never heard it being talked about or portrayed but Serena and Venus grew up in a low income neighborhood but somehow they had parents who cared to put give them tennis lessons and work with them So there's no excuse. If we really want something, we can do it. The, the question is, is we don't want a lot of things. For some reason, my mind went to the opera. Most black people that I know don't desire to get tickets to the opera. They'd rather spend their money on a gospel concert or an R&B or a hip-hop or a pop artist concert And you got a few of us out there that would go to a country or a rock concert. That I would dare to say most of us aren't big into country music or hard rock. So, to say that, well, gosh, if whites can, can go to the opera, blacks should be able to go to the opera. But blacks don't want to. We're different. That's not, for the, it's for the most part, our choice of music. And there's nothing wrong with that. It depends on how you were raised and where you grew up. And I think there's nothing wrong with segregation to a certain point. And that point is, is who could better teach an African-American child than an African-American person, a parent? Now, I know that some other races adopt African-American children, and that's great. Because it's every child should have a loving home. But I have three daughters and one son. And my wife is African-American as I am. And there's no way I would give my kids to someone else to teach them. We homeschooled our kids, and that's rare. I don't know, I can probably count on my fingers the number of black families that I know 
that of homeschool. On the other hand, in, in the white culture, I know lots and lots of white families who do it. But I can say I think that was the best thing that my that my wife and I ever done was to homeschool our kids. There's because we gave them the culture. They they know black culture. They feel a part of black culture. And they're smart, intelligent, and they have common sense. I think they've got they've got everything you'd want your child to get out of an education. We didn't have to worry about them getting taught uh, incorrect history. We controlled that narrative in those in those first formative years of their education. Let me tell you something. Everybody has a little bit of prejudice in them. I'm not going to say everybody's racist. That's a really hard. That's a really harsh term. But everybody's got a little bit of prejudice in them. Most people want to be around people like them. Whites would rather hang out with whites in their community, go to their, go to their, go to white, predominantly white churches, hang out on the weekends with their white friends. They may have a black friend here or there through work or college or school. That's how it usually happens. And vice versa, blacks with blacks. Dr. King said the most segregated hour during his time was the 11 o'clock church hour when people normally go to church. The blacks go to the black gospel church, Baptist, Pentecostal, and then you've got, a, you've got some blacks that are Catholic, maybe quite a few, but for the most part, the blacks that I know are, Catholic, are Baptist or Pentecostal or Methodist. My aunt is very different because she is a Lutheran pastor. Not only is she a part of the Lutheran church, which is somewhat rare for blacks to be a part of, but she's also a woman and a very high official in the church. And I'm very proud of her for standing out, for being different. But I'm saying that we need to get over ourselves, we really do, because whites are no better than blacks, blacks are no better than whites. We are just different, and we want different things. We enjoy different things. We enjoy different kinds of music. We like to dress a bit different. And that's okay. And we should love each other's differences. And we all say things that we don't mean to each other. We all say things that we sometimes regret. But what what do our actions say? That's what's most important. How do we treat each other? And I think it's one decision at a time. Every CEO has a decision to make. 
Am I only going to look for people to hire that look like me? Or I'm going to broaden the pool. I am going to make an effort to go to historically black colleges and universities and find some great and find some great applicants who could benefit from internships. I am going to go to the the Latinx populations and to their universities and to their their schools and to identify the next generation of leaders. I am not just going to look for graduates of Harvard or Yale or the Ivy League schools. And if I do, I am going to look for all different races. So if I go to Harvard looking for graduates from their business school, or MIT in the area of science and engineering, mathematics. I am going to look for all different races. If I'm looking for 10, I am going to look for all different races. Some may call that affirmative action. I just call it being fair. Why not hire someone from every race if they're all qualified? And if we be honest, there may be a time where there are more people of color qualified than whites. So then we hire more people of color. That's how it is in many industries. Let's look at the NFL, which we, many of us adore and can't live without. Where like half of the NFL are black players. In the NBA, about 75 to 80% are black. But people of color are more than just athletes and singers and entertainers. We are scientists. We are lawyers, we are physicians, we are politicians, go Kamala Harris, 2020, Biden-Harris. Yeah, I think it's, uh, let's give our country a change. The world seems to be crying. For a change when Obama was in office it wasn't that much crying and then Mr. Trump came along and he won I just think four years is enough the Republicans got their candidate and here's my thing when we talk about social injustice that is going on this is my this is a fact <laughs> this is going on why Donald Trump is president these type of riots and having to bring in the National Guard all of this unrest for weeks upon weeks was not seen in previous administrations under the Obama administration under 
Clinton administration, under the George H.W. and George W. Bush administrations, there seemed to be a level of peace. But there is so much unrest, I feel like the earth needs a calm. And I think Mr. Trump not winning and having someone else would just give the earth a calm. And I'll admit, I voted for Trump because I I wasn't excited about Hillary Clinton. Yes, she was very qualified, but there were some things I didn't like about her, how she handled the Benghazi, and I was just tired of the Clinton Corporation. We had we had her husband, and we had a, we had a, we had we surely had enough drama in the second term with his impeachment, and that was my reason. But I don't want Trump to win again. I want this country to have a different regime in office and see what see how they will handle this pandemic going forward, which is still crucial with the development of a vaccine. The the need for great leadership during this hour is still very, very important. And not only with the pandemic, but just still with the social unrest and the very, very dire need for police reform. And I think at this point, President Trump has done all he could. He, he, he has shown that this, this, is, this is as much as he's going to talk about police reform. This is as much as he's going to do about police reform. Which is what, what, which was what he has already done. And I don't really, I can't tell you any specifics what Mr. President has done that would, that would make me see a substantial change in our police departments. As far as training, I haven't heard any concrete specifics and strategy. Okay, it, it, it is what it is. But some people are going to vote for Mr. Trump because of Amendment 2. But here's the thing, Republicans... What changed when Obama was in office and Clinton was in office? What guns were taken away? None. What laws came into effect that prevents anyone from owning guns and being able to hunt and to shoot and to protect their families and themselves? I mean, besides, other than Trump just getting on his, his bullhorn and say, I love the NRA, I support the NRA and the Second Amendment, well, hoorah, la-di-da. You're saying what you're supposed to say as, as the Republican president. But even with Democrats in the White House, guns aren't going anywhere. The Second Amendment isn't going anywhere. 
well, I could go on, but I'm at home now, and I've got a few chores to do at home before it gets dark. But I hope we have a great day. I hope we have a great rest of our week. I hope we can all find some solace, some encouragement during this pandemic. Learn a new skill. I picked up a guitar and I wrote a one-minute song and put it on TikTok. I'm an amateur guitar player at best, but I taught myself a few chords and played and sang a song. So I did something out of my comfort zone, but it felt great to do it. Such a feeling of accomplishment. So I encourage everyone to do something out of your comfort zone, learn a new skill, learn a new language. So many things you can do to make life a little bit more enjoyable and worth living because despite how bad it seems out there in life there's always something to live for and just have the courage take courage and find it have the nerve and find it do it for yourself do it for those around you that really do love you take care and God bless